Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks, and we're back. Thank you for your patience while we had a little break and tended to some behind-the-scenes stuff in the meantime. We've been hard at work booking guests, and we're very pleased to say that we're now with Adelicious as our hosting network. They're going to be helping us out with sponsorship and stuff like that, and that's going to let us do more of what we want to do, uh, which means we're going to start churning out more episodes of Desert Island Dicks for you, along with the return of Compact Dicks as well. We're going to put out a fresh episode every week with no gaps between series we're just gonna we're not even gonna have series we're just gonna be and we want your contributions too so if you've ever listened and made your own mental list of who or what you'd put on your worst desert island then let us know go to dickspod.com contact and we could include your submission in the next compact dicks dickspod.com slash contact you can send us a full list or just the odd thing here and there as it comes to you um you know from any of our categories of people food drink song film or animal we also want to bring you not only the biggest and the best names but also some that are on their way up or people from different areas of different industries things like that so you know it should be really fun Today, though, we're joined by actor Ryan Sampson. He's probably best known for playing Groomio in Plebs, and there's a new special of that which is out now that you can catch on the ITV app at the moment. And he also plays Tomo in Brassic and loads of other stuff besides. He's brilliant, but I've yacked on for long enough already, so I'll be back at the end of this episode. But for now, let's sit back and let the dicks flow into your mind. It's Desert Island Dicks with the very wonderful Ryan Sampson. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today from Brassic and Plebs, it's actor Ryan Sampson. How are you doing? I'm alright, thanks. So, before we started recording we were um, just saying that, you know, you found it quite hard to whittle down the list of people uh, for the dicks today. Yes, now listen... I don't consider myself to be an especially hateful person. That's, that is, I think that's what we call a caveat there up front. But <laughs> I just, I have sat there and I've opened this floodgate of bile and there was just, the, the flood was, was significant behind it and I just feel like it's not going back in now. Like, when you start writing a list of all the things that really piss you off, it's, it's quite impressive. There's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. I sometimes say to people, uh, I, I hope that this can act as a sort of cathartic thing so that afterwards, you know, like you've, you've opened these floodgates, hopefully you don't have to try and fit it all back in and, you know, it can sort of escape and you can be lighter on your feet afterwards. But, I mean, it's, I can't guarantee anything. Yeah. Like a lovely <laughs> Swedish massage where all the things that you really dislike just get sort of rubbed away a little knots in your back <laughs> yeah I mean as I say I can't guarantee anything so we just have to see how it goes and, and I can only apologise if you end up angrier afterwards but uh, yeah. let's see how we get on shall we okay. um, who's going to be the first person joining you on the island okay right we're just going to start easy I'm going to go with men and largely is men who right have you ever walked, <laughs> have you ever walked into a men's bathroom right and all you notice is that a tap is still running and it, it doesn't seem like a particularly significant thing, but when you realise that someone has gone into a bathroom, they've turned on a tap, and then all of the thoughts have just gone out of their head, and they've thought, this has got, nothing, this has got no connection to me whatsoever, <laughs> and then they've just fucked off. It's, 
it it's emblematic of a larger psychopathy within people a sort of self selfishness that like exists around us all the time but you never see symbols of it and the running tap is for me it's the uh, the, the red flag of all red flags it's like, why do you feel like not nothing that you do? It's the same people who just like casually throw a Kit Kat wrapper out the window and then just carry on. You know, it's it. Yeah, uh, yeah it bores my piss. Um, and recently, on set, I I found what my first ever time I sort of encountered one in the wild. So a cast member who will go unnamed, um, he was coming out of the toilets having used the back the the tap. And I saw it running, and suddenly it's like, oh, I can I can never look at you ever again. And he must be aware there's some frostiness <laughs> on, on my point, but what can you do? Um, which make, which leads me on to the fact that did you know that f- at le- apparently fifty mm-hmm. to sixty people have no internal monologue? Really? I suppose it's just like hold music in their head. <laughs> it's just nothing. <laughs> it's just like a sing. A, so if you're talking to someone and you're thinking. Like, what the fuck is going on in your head? There's a significant chance that it's actually nothing. I remember speaking to a friend, actually, about this, and she, and I was saying something about, you know, my internal dialogue. She goes, yeah, but you don't actually hear the words in your head. I oh, my like, God. Yeah, of course you do. Babe, okay. yes. And, and it was one of those things where she was making me feel like the weirdo because I could hear myself in my head. And I'm like, am I mad? Am I, am I the mad one? Because I can hear my own voice in my head? Like, how do you think? You are in the minority... Because 50 to 60 people are belling about there in the world with just absolutely nothing in their minds. It's, it's amazing to me how do they make... And we are really alienating a lot of the listeners now because a lot of people are going to be evaluating whether they're just one of these empty heads, I'm going to start calling them. We divide the world, the entire world, in a line of the empty heads and then the others. And then eventually there'll be a huge war between us and we'll, uh, one will obliterate the other. I don't know. But we will probably get obliterated because we, we're just so neurotic. <laughs> we're just <laughs> confuddled by all of our thoughts. Yeah. It's weird, though, because I, I kind of think, like, you know, if I sit, see my cat sitting there and I'm like, what must it be to have no voice in your head? And it's like, that's, yeah. But then there are people. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, I'm not comparing you to my cat, but I just find it a really hard thing to imagine, like not just talking away to yourself. What's in your cat's head is exactly the same as Sue from HR, who seems like there's nothing going on. Every other person, it's like a cat's head. <laughs> but, and I relate these people specifically to the people who leave a tap running in toilets because it's, it, it's the same vibe entirely. It's people who just don't have any consequences going on and it, it, it fucking bores my blood. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not like your water bill you're paying if it's a public bathroom or whatever, but it's still like, why would you not think to do it? It's just a really weird thing. It's like people who open a door and then don't close the door. It's like, like you're sitting in a pub and the doors... I almost had this tip at night. We were sat next to the door that goes outside and people who just... It's sort of a dividing line as well. People who open it and then walk through and then just leave it open. And you think, God, how blissful it must be to just think that... When you've done something in the world, there's n- there, that doesn't exist anymore. That's all behind you now. Mm. You can let all that go. Yeah. I've turned 40 this year, so I feel like it's I'm, I'm ripe for like the odd sort of petty crusade. Um, yeah. You know, and it's sort of like it's getting really angry about people on electric scooters on the pavement and things like yeah, that, yeah. like really caring about the bins. And um, like I'm really fed up with the amount of people just letting their dog shit everywhere and in oh, my yeah. area. That is another one. That's... 
people who I didn't even think of this, but this is a this is a a, <laughs> a rich seam. This one, people who not only their dog shit places, but then bag the shit and put it on a tree like a sort of nightmare yeah. Christmas tree. Like they thought, I mean, it's better if you just leave it on the fucking ground and then they've put it in. <laughs> they've sort of like a weird ornament. What is going on there? Why do they think it's better for it to yeah. be? dangling i know it's insane the reason it was making me think about like the the tap people is because i watched recently from my front window a woman just walking her dog she's like looking at her phone and the dog stopped on our front lawn took a piss and i'm like i mean you can't really obviously you can't clean up that and it's not the end of the world that a dog had a piss there but it's still a bit like you were just sitting on your phone the lead had stopped moving so obviously your dog's doing something you didn't even look back to see what had happened before you kept walking and to me that's a very leaving the tap on kind of vibe yeah, that's you know the what same. i mean so I'm, I'm grouping this person along with these kind of psychopaths because it's just like yeah well whatever something's going on very close to my periphery that i have control over but fuck it you know yeah yeah, the world's my toilet, basically. Yeah. And I mean, being stuck with this kind of mentality on a desert island, I mean, it's like, did you pull the fishing net in? Like, no, I just, just let it drift out to sea. You know, like, did you did you put the fire out? Did you, no, oh, no, just let it burn down the fucking shelter. Yeah. Well, thanks, David. Yeah, yeah. That's gone now. Yeah. So I think it's a very good opening. It's a nice catch-all, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because I think that, that just sort of, like, small act of, like, selfishness or just lack of self-awareness can just you just it's just going to permeate everything isn't yeah, it yeah yeah absolutely i mean there's, there's a common thread of mine there's a lot of them are selfish people i feel really strongly about this like have a little kinship guys come on we're all together okay well who's the second one going to be then okay so i'm going to give you a, a choice okay mm -hmm. are we going to go with harry and megan both of them together or are we going to go with uh, people who can't touch meat but eat, can't touch raw meat but eat meat? Oh, okay, okay. Well, look, let's 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 do our workings out, shall we? Like, um, Harry and Meghan sounds contentious, but isn't. What, what's your thinking behind that? So my thinking behind that one is: listen, I was very pro Harry and Meghan. I was like, the royals have ousted you. You are the underdogs. I fucking love an underdog. Um, I love that you've just gone sod this. We're going to move to America. I was very, very on their side. And then I watched the first five minutes of that Harry and Meghan documentary and I realised they're just basic as fuck. They are so... <laughs> both of them, they are so vapid and they've got, like, the world at their disposal. They can, like, enrich themselves in any way possible and all they're concerned about is their Instagram feed. I mean, the amount of, the <laughs> amount of mentions that social media get from Harry and Meghan, you're just like, is this really it? Is this all, you're meant to be sort of these emblems of like perfection, of like what you can do if you've got opportunity and privilege and, you know, money behind you. And all you, you care about is the fact that he's got, at one point, Harry goes about Meghan. Uh, he says, I, um, I was uh, scrolling through uh, her Insta feed and I, um, I found this photo of her with a dog face filter on her. And I just thought, who is that girl? <laughs> it's just <a laughs> fucking basic loser. Like, oh my God, that's what this is. Of course it is. You're just boring people. And I, ho I had such high hopes for you. I thought you were these big sort of, you're making a philosophical standpoint. And maybe they are as well, you know, like maybe there's all that going on. But more importantly, they've got a grey velvet sofa and they talk about Snapchat filters and 
my judgments are <laughs> damning and then my judgments are final. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of disappointing because you kind of think, I sort of expect their life to be sort of, I don't know, he comes in, puts his fencing helmet on the table. He's like, oh God, I'm so tired and I've still got to meet the UN at noon. And then she's like riding on a horse. Like I've just done some important aid work and I've just sort of brought water to this community in, in an impoverished yeah. developing country or something. But if it's just like you are just sitting about on your phones, just getting stressed <laughs> about yeah, bullshit. Exactly. You're like, I kind of wanted you to aim a bit higher. Yeah, exactly. You've got everything at your disposal. And it's, do you know what? They might be doing the aid work and the galloping in mysteriously on a horse from the UN or wherever it was. They might be doing that, but it all is rendered null and void because they are amused by very basic Snapchat filters and they use that as their <laughs> fucking genesis, their meet cute of their love story. Uh, it's just like, guys, tedium. And she yeah. talks about it, she talks about his feed as if it's like really emblematic of him, of his personality. And that's another thing like, this whole people who take Instagram too seriously it's like yeah I just I'm having to sort of withdraw from social media altogether as, as we are because it's like toxic and vile it's one of the worst things we've ever done to ourselves as a people I think but mm. to think that it's got some merit is just really disappointing I looked on his <laughs> feed and there were photos of Africa and she goes and environmental photos I'm like, oh my God, Megan, like, <laughs> we can do better than this. <laughs> I think you're, you're already making quite a strong case for them. And, and I mean, just the logistics of sort of being with people like that on an island. So people that are like simultaneously quite basic, but also very privileged is sort of... Mate, you are, uh, that you're talking my language. Like, I, <laughs> I don't have a problem with privilege as long as it's acknowledged and you are acknowledging using it to the best of its uh, potential. Like, if people can give their kids things, those kids should run with it and do things and do great things and help out other people. But, you, yeah, if you're sitting on your sofa scrolling scrolling through photos all day I'm just like this is this is not what I'd expected of you Megan this is, <laughs> I, I hope for more well I mean I think you made such a good case for getting them on the island I mean this was only like a possibility wasn't it do you think you're it was more, only a possibility more... but now as I'm talking about it my sort of vitriol is rising and I feel like they are like the, they are people that I would just fucking hate to spend my time with I mean on an <laughs> island what are you going to talk about with these people I, the fact, also Harry's just so wet isn't he bless him and it's like I don't, I don't want to dislike that about him because I just think he's this downtrodden rule and he's had a rough old time of it, hasn't he? Mm. But at the same time, love, you're going to have to start that fire soon because we've got to boil litres of water and we are, literally, we are <laughs> literally dying here. We've all got dengue fever. It's gone south really quickly. It's not a nice desert island. We've got one of those terrible... You know the island of Bear Grylls? We've got one of those with fucking flies everywhere. It's like... Mm. We just... <laughs> We just need the basics to be put in place. You go in real cycles with the royal family, like because you know at one point he was kind of like a bit of a sexy bad boy. Yeah. I mean, at one point, I remember years ago when I was young, like William was a bit of a heartthrob for a while. Yeah. They both went through a really fit phase, and then they've gradually sort of tapered that off. Yeah. And Harry was like this sort of like slightly dark horse, mysterious kind of bit of a bit of a troublemaker, and now he's just yeah, he is a bit bland. Well, I know. It's Let's bit... not go back to the Nazi costume days. You know, that was maybe a dark, a dark period. It was the nadir of his of his journey. But you know, if, it, he goes through the darkness and he's found this this beautiful place, 
and we thought, do you know what? He's really struck a... He's, he's found something now. Turns out... Fucking dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we think we're going to go with, with Harry and Meghan on the island then. Oh, and also, have you seen that documentary? It's, it's so not my type of thing at all. But it is just... It is schmaltzy as fuck. And it's like... It's... From the off you're meant to feel really sorry for them. Like, so it's like sad music, sort of wistful um, montages of these people growing up. And so you're immediately like, well, I fucking hate you now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just not, I'm not on side at all. Whoever's doing the editing job on this, it, this is for an American crowd. They, mm. they, it is mm. deeply off-putting to an English person. It's that cynicism, you see. Yeah. I guess maybe that's the thing. We've got to make it over here now. So like... How you know? How do we endear ourselves as a product to this market, which is pretty horrible and cynical? But mm. Yeah, yeah. When you see it like that, yeah, that hundred million they've mm. got from this series, actually, Oof. they've earned it. Bloody hell! They've earned it <laughs> by making the world think they're absolute fucking balance. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I think, yeah. as we say, made a very strong case for them going on this. Oh, they're in, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, is that is that is that cool with you? I mean, I think you've you've argued it perfectly. So, I mean, yeah. I think it's. But I mean, we can swap them out if you want. They're all up for grabs. I think you should just choose at the end because there's going to be there might be far too many. <laughs> okay. So another one. I'm going to audition for you. Right. Okay. I feel very strongly about this. People who can't touch raw meat but eat meat. Mm. You yeah. can't yeah, say yeah, yeah, to yeah. me. Oh, I can't do that. No, I can't. I can't touch raw meat. It makes it goes through me. Well, you're not having your chicken burger then, Leanne, because it's they are in, they are intrinsically linked. And I would actually go one further to say that I mean, these people are not going to be good on desert island anyway. Those aren't the people that we need. No. But I I go on further to say that if you're going to eat meat, you better be alright with killing something. I think everyone mm. in my dominion, everyone needs to go out and kill one thing that they eat in order to then be allowed to keep eating meat. And if you can't do it, that's great. That's really good. We need more people who can't have it. <laughs> the world is, we are eating way too much. It's terrible. It's, a, it's, a, it's an obviously an ecological disaster. However, if we just weeded out people who are a bit icky about it, then we're in a much stronger place. Mm. No, I agree. And I, I'd, I'd add in, apart from the raw meat, you know, you get people who can't, like, eat meat off the bone as well, because it's like, oh, I can't eat chicken on the bone, and you're like... Well, it doesn't, it doesn't I mean, come on come a lollipop on. stick. It comes... That's how it comes. <laughs> Actually, that's... I mean, that's, yeah. you know, with, with a caveat to that, which is that now we're growing meat in laboratories, like, huge, great, big, humunculus slabs of it. So I think, you know, like, that there might be a day when no one remembers bones in your chicken anyway. Chicken wings mm. don't exist. I, I do actually think we should all move on to that. I mean, I'm okay with some uh, scientifically grown meat. I feel all right about that. Yeah, me too. I think it's fine. But Can't yeah, tell. and you get to a day when people go, "Why are they even called wings? I don't get it." You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, <laughs> it's it's weird, isn't it? Like I, my my oldest son is he's five, and recently we were eating some lamb, and he's like, "Why is it called lamb and not sheep?" Because things usually die when they're older, don't they? So like, not this one, babe. Yeah, exactly. And I had to go. Well, no, because like it's nicer to eat it when it's young. So, <laughs> so but how do they die when they're young? I'm like, well. <laughs> Well, they have, they kill it, and I kind of really and I really thought, oh, this is going to be the point where like he might just decide to be a vegetarian at yeah, five yeah. years old, and I thought, and that that's obviously fine if he does, and but then he just he just turned it around on me and said, how do they kill it then with a crowbar? And I was oh like, wow! Turns out you've got a little psychopath. You've got the opposite thing, haven't you? You found out that you've got a potential murderer on your hands. <laughs> 
I know. Little I'm tiny just, baby Jeffrey Dahmer. Wow, I thought you were going to be a bit squeamish, but <laughs> I thought, wow, you're you're the least squeamish person in the house, it seems. Like, yeah, that reminds me. I was at work, and so I'm filming Brassic at the moment, and so um, Michelle Keegan is uh, a wonderful human being, and she's on it with me. And um, she said to me the other day, she comes out as absolute gems. Um, I said, we were talking about the da- Jeffrey Dahmer series that's on Netflix. And I was like, I actually can't finish it. I am a pretty, I like a bit of bleak TV, but it is, it's too much. It is extremely dark. And as well, it should be. It's, you know, but like the dad, he, you know, like, because he teaches the son to taxidermy. <laughs> Michelle goes, oh yeah, he, um, he taught Jeffrey to do taxidermy and that, but... Jeffrey took it too far. <laughs> he did a bit, didn't he, Michelle? Because he, uh, he, he slaughtered quite a lot of young men. So he probably went a little bit far with it on that front. Yeah. He ran with it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's just, uh, you have to be careful about introducing hobbies to your kids, I found. So, you yeah. know, I definitely hide the crowbar these days. So yeah, you must. It's a just responsible thing to do, really. Mm. Um, yeah, I think people like this who are sort of will eat meat but don't want to think about any of the the production of it or like the yeah. animal that it comes from i think you know it does tie in again to like a sort of a selfishness doesn't it it's like yeah. well as long as i'm all right i don't really care about all the rest of it and yeah then, yeah i think as an as an adult when people are still like really picky and fussy i find it a little bit annoying as well you know yeah absolutely get in the bin get on my desert island it's not gonna be fun <laughs> okay so we're gonna we're gonna do you think so, I mean, normally we would we would choose three three people for the island. So we've, we've got three groups, but obviously I know you you know you're chomping at the bit to get a few more in. So are we gonna are we gonna stick with this sort of reluctant meat eater, or do you reckon there's someone else that you want to sort I of put them I up against? I think if I do against? one or two more, and then you just choose dealer's choice. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Well, let's see. My next entry for person on my desert island of hatred. Why I am with them, by the way, on this desert island. You are with them. These are like your companions who survived the plane crash. Yes, so it's less of a joyful endeavour than I'd imagined. I sort of briefly was thinking I'm all just putting them on their own desert island, but I forgot. I forgot the fundamental rules that I am there with them. (laughs) I'm inflicting quite a lot on myself. So the next one of this is... um, So (laughs) when I was, I'd say, between the ages of 11 and 16... I did not have one single friend in the world. I was an absolute social outcast, right? Uh, to the extent that I used to walk around the perimeter of the school. I could do, on a lunch break, I could do two and a half perimeter, laps of the perimeter of the school, right? Always trying to look very busy with my ni- 90s book bag thing. You know, look really busy like I'm going somewhere, like hustling along, like as if I've got something to do, because you don't want to be that guy who is, in fact, just walking around the perimeter of the school two and a half times because he's got no one, no one to talk to him. Um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a very unfriendly environment for little Ryan. And I've got I've got this photo of myself. Obviously it's no good for a podcast. But um I t- when people ask about this, I show them this photo of myself because it kind of explains it all. I looked like at age thirteen, I looked like my flatmate was like, why are you a regional bank manager? Like, I looked like <laughs> whatever that picture is in your head, because you can't see it, whatever that picture is, that's what I looked like. These sort of strange curtains of this very flat hair for some reason. Very, a very round boy um, with a very short little school tie and the most smug prick glasses that you can possibly envisage. I mean, they're really like, it's a really punchable vibe. So, you know, it made sense. <laughs> 
But the person that I'm going to put on this island with me is in my time of crisis. Um, my, I really loved my RE teacher. She was really lovely to me. And for a brief period, I was like, well, that's it. I've been a vicar, aren't I? That's obviously what I'm going to do. <laughs> I love RE, going to be a vicar. Um, in the class goes, someone asks her about something. She goes, well... God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. The whole class erupts into raucous homophobic laughter and all points at me. And it was a deeply, a deeply <laughs> traumatic memory. But now I'm like, well, babe, I think you might be going to your own hell that you yourself mm. believe in. How's that for divine retribution? She's, she's, <laughs> she's there. I'm there for sodomy. She's there for just being a prick. Oh, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it is a bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, less funny oh. than deeply traumatic, but she can get on this island with me. I'd like to see her, you know, uh, whittle a cabin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, God, RE teachers that can, like, because they've got this sort of religious fervour, they just get away with saying just crazy mad shit. Crazy like, mad shit. And this was yeah. the 90s when almost anything went in schools. Like, the fact that you used to have to go in the showers, complete our showers, completely naked in one big mass shower with a mm. with a PE teacher watching you, you're like, what? What was happening in the nineties where we thought this was acceptable? Yeah, like, is it so bad if you go home a bit dirty in two hours' time and have a shower? <laughs> Probably better that than having deep seated trauma about showers for the rest of my life. You know, I'd rather have a bit of muck on my legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember having an RE teacher who like absolutely believed every single word as it was written. And you'd say things like, you know, you'd be like eight years old and be like, will my rabbit go to heaven? And he'd be like, no, it doesn't say that in the Bible. And you'd be like, oh, and you'd be a bit crestfallen. And you're like, um, my friend's a Muslim. Will, will he go to heaven? And he was like, only if he repents. And you're like, Christ. holy shit. I mean, it's just like, you know. Why have we got a whole, a whole subject dedicated, that is run entirely by religious fanatics, like you say, for school children, it does seem a very... I mean, if RE teachers are going to be there in schools, shouldn't we have, like, people teaching how to do taxes? I mean, that feels like... I get that one's socially enriching, but, I mean, do they have RE teachers anymore, or is it like... I was just wondering that, because I can't imagine... I mean, there must be some schools that still have it, right? But, I mean... I'm just thinking of like our yeah. area in London and it just it just wouldn't make any sense to sort of... But I think it might be personal. Yeah, to sort of just have like a bit of everything and sort of going, right, no. well, this is the idea of religion and here's all of the ones you can choose from, I think would make sense. But yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there must be like schools where there is still just like a Christian RE teacher who's a bit mental. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect it's all of your PSHE now, isn't it? Mm. All RE teachers have morphed into these social-minded um, people who have to teach about a sort of plethora of subjects because they've realised that the significance of the thing they truly believe in has completely been diminished in the world. Yeah. And possibly rightly so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, this... this I mean, that's just a heartbreaking story, though. Oh, like, God, For it her is. to sort of say that. I mean... And also, it's, it's not that long ago, really, as well, is it? It's like... No. Uh, that's the thing. No, the memories are still fresh and visceral. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, I mean, uh, currently in the standings um, of, of your choices, I mean, I think this person is leading the, the reluctant meat-eater onto the island, yeah, I have to say, just because... Yeah, she's pushed her way through, you know, bless her. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, what a horrible person. And also, if that wasn't bad enough, she wore a pleated skirt to school every day. The woman was in her 40s and she was wearing, like, a sort of nana skirt, a sort of nana tweed skirt. And to be honest, that can banish her to a desert island in its own right. But I was very generous <laughs> and I didn't use that as the, the reasoning. Yeah, it's weird when you get older and you think, hang on, all those grown-ups, they were about my age and they look like that. And that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think she's sort of at the minute leading leading the charge towards the island. Um, but I mean, you said you had one more up your sleeve. I do, but this one's really touchy. <laughs> this one, I just don't feel like you can say this. Oh, I, I'm going to say this, but I feel really, really bad about it. Right. I hate the Go Compare man. <laughs> right. I hate him so much. Okay. I hate him, but. Also, specifically him as a person, not as much him as a character. And this is horrible because he is probably just such a lovely man. But, right, I don't want to see you out of character as well as in character. I don't agree with the idea of you being on the adverts as yourself, letting me know for some reason that you are an opera singer as well as being the character. You've broken the fourth wall and you appear to be doing a sort of side hustle which do you know what i respect i respect that you've got the chutzpah to go sorry guys sorry guys but uh, i am gonna need to do a bit as myself where i point to a laptop and it's just got a bit of me singing opera in it because that's who i actually am like i mean the more i talk about him the more i think he's fucking great for that he's i mean he's got some plums hasn't he it because it feels like a contractual arrangement has been reached where he's gone look i'm not going to be the meerkat guy i'm not going to be alexander the meerkat whatever it is i am going to be me and also the go compare opera singing guy Mm. who by the way if he'd stayed as just this friendly, mustachioed, Pavarotti pastiche. That would have been completely fine with it. It's just the in-person appearances. Listen, if I go to Disneyland, I don't want to pop in the staff room and see fucking Pluto with his head off. Like, I don't want to see who you really are. You've broken the illusion, the magic. You've broken the magic of the Go Compare advert. I wanted to believe those, this beautiful utopian world where they were just large cartoonish men singing but you've, yeah. you've ruined that for me babe <laughs> i kind of think with him that yeah there must have been a point where he was like guys i'm getting a bit sick of this yeah. I, I did train really hard to become an opera singer and they're gonna go well, yeah but you've probably made more money off this than you would have as like a mid-level opera singer like, yeah. i mean it must be a really small a level opera singer of- i mean he must have made loads off of that yeah yeah but i mean to just to, for that advert to come along, I don't know what his career was like before, but there can't be that many of them. No. It must be quite difficult. So you get something like that and you go, yeah, okay, great. And then you think, hang on a minute, I've made quite a lot of money. Of what if people knew that I was actually a real opera singer as well? Yeah. Can we weed that in there? Because yeah. I'm getting a bit bored of doing this advert, but I'm also kind of stuck with it now. And they're like, well, I'll tell you what, if you extend your contract another five years, we'll let you sort of slide in a bit of product placement. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... Yeah. And before we know it, it's just going to be adverts for Go Compare. With, by the way, I'm not some sort of huge fan of Go Compare. I don't, I don't have a car and I don't, I don't care about insuring it. But 
I, I, it is going to get to the point in the future where it's just him giving us a solid few minutes of opera with a little Gunko Compare logo in the corner. Do you know what I think <laughs> we're getting to here is I think this guy should remain on your show, on, on this podcast, but I think we're booting him off the island because I actually think I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm, a big, <laughs> I'm a big fan of his absolute hustle that he's doing. Yeah. He is, if anything... He's standing up to the corporate man, and I am mm-hmm. fully, as a as a socialist, <laughs> I fully, I fully appreciate that. I think he's sticking mm. it to the machine. I, I also like the idea that that one day it's going to go so, so full circle that you'll go to the English National Opera, watch Carmen or some big spectacular <laughs> opera, and then right at the end he's just going to like go, go He's <laughs> like, on it. Yeah, and you're just going to have to accept that. That's like. To watch the opera, you know, it's like you want to watch a video on YouTube, you have to watch the advert. It's like you want to watch this opera at some point, and you don't know when he's just going to burst into the yes. Hair song for just thirty seconds, and then carry on like nothing else happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, that's happening. That's like you shouldn't have put that out there into the world because that is coming. We're at the point where everything is going to be monetized really soon. You're going to get little Sergey the meerkat when you go to the zoo, presumably. I mean, that's the only context that I can think of him being there. One of the meerkats is an mm. anim- animatronic. Sergey trying to sell you what do they sell? I don't know, some sort of insurance. I mean he nearly went, didn't he, with the there was everything going on in Ukraine. I think they paused the meerkat for a bit because they're like, Yes. Ooh, I think he's Russian, isn't he? Uh oh. But then I think they're like, Oh, it's okay. We've given it a month. Let's get him. He'll be fine. And sure, he's got all the trappings of a Russian oligarch. You know, like, sure, he looks exactly like the worst people in the world, but you know what? He's got a cute face and people like his catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how deep they'll go with it. And one day they sort of show that he got his profits from uh, <laughs> capitalising on, on the privatisation of the Russian gas network or something. It's all oil money and, and weapons trade with him. <laughs> and when we dig a scratch below the surface... And if it's not that, it's like terrible inherited family wealth that comes from like waging wars. I mean, that guy... He needs to be uncovered, an expose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So I think on the island, here we, we go, we're going to put person who leaves the taps on. He, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think that sort of encapsulates a kind of selfishness that you could, if we're being generous, also have the, the sort of reluctant meat eater within that group of sort of like, I'm only thinking about me in the here and now kind of thing. We've got Harry and Meghan, and then I've got to put in your RE teacher because, I mean, just what a what a horrendous person to, to say those things. And uh, I mean, before you even got to that point, I was I was just, you know, just feeling so emotional about, like, imagining you as, as, <laughs> as a youngster at school anyway, and then for her to deal that killer blow, I just... Yeah, I tell that story, it's quite a funny story, but I actually realise sometimes the horror in people's faces when they just realised that I was just pootling about the school with absolutely no mates whatsoever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Ah, mm, The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.
All right, well, we've got our people. Um, so, Ryan, we're going to move on because, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Oh, great. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? OK, again, we've got a few options, OK? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right, so in at number one, and this is going to be a turn like people against me, we've got Nana's favourite is trifle. OK. Um... My own nan is going to turn against me for this because she pulls it out at every occasion. <laughs> the drive for me. <laughs> um, yeah. What? I mean, wet cake and the bottom yeah. of a pudding. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've ever wanted that. Um, and what then? You're gonna you're gonna suspend little chunks of fruit in jelly, which just seems like a a torturous idea. The best time fruit, the freshest of foodstuffs you've rendered it to this little sort of squidgy blob in the middle of my pudding. It's just not a, it's not what I'm looking for. And then as if that wasn't bad enough, you've put a huge layer of just completely flavourless whipped cream on top of everything. I I get that this is like a, a point of nostalgia for people. I get that like, you know, the 70s were great. There was like glam rock and and flares and all that sort of thing. There's also an energy crisis and a lot of civil unrest. And trifles. Yeah. So let's just leave the past where it is. Mm. Uh, people try and do things with trifles. Like they try and make chocolate ones or ones with uh, muffins in the bottom. But I just think, why are you persisting with this failed endeavour? This failed mm. experiment into yeah. a foodstuff? Yeah, it's like, it's 2022. We've got so many foods from around the world we can enjoy. I just think, I don't yes, need I mean, several different layers of different wet things yeah. stacked on top of each other that none of them have any texture. Yeah. It's really, it's for me, the, the real kicker is the wet cake. Like, I just feel like that's one of the absolute definite things that a cake shouldn't be, is sodden. And yet, here, here I am, eat, mm. munching my way through it because I want to seem like a, a part of this family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a real sort of, I don't know, like... You could take any of the bits from that and have them separately and make them better. I mean, jelly is a bit of a, a crap one when you were growing up, but you know what I mean? Like, you could still make all these things more interesting on their own, but it's like a wet thing and a wet thing and a dry thing that should be dry, but it's gone wet and some more wet stuff. And you can't present it nicely. It just sort of, you go, oh, look at that thing. And then you put it in a bowl and you're like, this looks like you've just dropped it from a height. Yeah. You know, like it never looks good. Yeah. All, a lot of 70s things are just a sort of, compilation of foods instead of like integrating things into one nice dish they're just a sort of we've put this on top of this because it's all we've got at the moment yeah we're we're living in an age of splendor and abundance and i just think have you had a pavlova (laughs) it's a lot better Mm, yeah i think you know there's things that we can be nostalgic for but like they weren't actually i mean people get nostalgic about the blitz and it was like when your homes are being destroyed by enemy aircraft and it's like it doesn't. I don't want to bring that back. I, you know, I'm glad you all mucked in and had a good time. But like, let's admit, looking back, like we don't want that to ever fucking happen. Yeah, again. and all these people who go to like blitz parties, sort of dressed up in forties gear, so that I don't know, so you can like re- revel in the idea of like misogyny and and you know undertones of racism. Just feels like, guys, I'm really not sure this is the right ballpark. It's not putting me in yeah. the mood for dancing. Yeah, I love that your stockings have got lines down the back. Yeah, it's all... Yeah. You know, but <laughs> great. Oh, you've penciled it on? Yeah, great. It's a lovely nod to the past. But 
ultimately terrible time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so trifles on there. What what other choices trifles on there. have you got? Um, we've also got anything that comes in a, and I'm going to say, snap pot. Do you know what I mean by that? You've got your tiny little yeah. things of beans. Oh, because I only want tiny little portion to heat up in the office microwave. Uh, I just think, <laughs> like, get a grip. Like, the, the oceans are full of plastic. Like, I have half a can. You don't need everything to be individually portioned for you, like you are a literal toddler. Like, you, th- that is actually what I'm talking about, isn't it? It's this sort of self-infantilization. Like, oh, I only eat little things that have been pre-wrapped because I'm lovely. I just think, no, absolutely not. Decant your fucking food. Like, we've, we've got... A, the, the, the world is chock full of plastic and it pisses me right off. And I'm, I try and use as little as possible. But to think that there are, there are all these tap leaving on dickheads without a thought in their fucking head who are just like gobbling their way through like oh, I have a little Actimel in the morning and it comes in a tiny little pot because it's ever so cute like, oh, it's, oh, I'm so troubled by you I'm so troubled by your <laughs> lack of values yeah. yeah it's like when you see in the supermarket there's like half a cucumber and it's wrapped up in plastic you know you see that sometimes oh my like, God. What, you can't manage a whole cucumber oh. somewhere there's a factory that's having to chop them in half and wrap them again yeah people have been slicing their cucumbers for millennia let's not stop it now just because <laughs> you don't think you can manage a full one on a Thursday night also little side yeah. note for you um, if you ever want a healthy little snack just a cucumber I will walk down the street just having a cucumber like a sort of calippo ice lolly right and I get some shady looks but I just think guys this is pretty fucking great actually you want to get it yeah, it's yeah. a it's a grab and go snack that all the family can enjoy yeah bit of salt on there bit of salt on it I spend a lot of time in Bulgaria filming plebs and they're like they are so fervently passionate about their cucumbers <laughs> they are I'm, they've got really good produce there but specifically yeah. they love their cucumbers and you're like guys you need to you need, you need to drop it with this whole cucumber thing and then you have one of their cucumbers and you go oh my god it's so cucumber <laughs> this is delicious <laughs> um, yeah and they whack a bit of salt in it sometimes a little bit of vinegar and you're good to go mm. I sort of feel like yeah, do do you are you sure about that dairyly lunchable? Because you could just have a little salty cucumber. I'm yeah, realizing I, I'm yeah. maybe not sounding like that's not sounding that appealing. No, but I think I bet it's right. I think it's it's delicious. Yeah, um, but yeah. So anything that comes in, like I'm even talking like your muller corners, like mm. anything that comes in these small plastic bits of packaging, because you don't want to just decant something from a thing mm. it just feels very wasteful and i'm questioning your values um yeah muller corners by the way i mean this is a this yeah. is a, a new uh this anti-plastic thing is obviously quite new in my life when i was a kid i would get my way through uh, numerous muller corners and i was obsessed with trying to get it so that on the packaging there is a picture of a spoon with the yogurt, the white yogurt, and then a mm. blob of the red compote, are we calling it? Compote on top. Yeah. You can't achieve that unless you are in a advertising setup where you're putting them on that. I don't think they should show you that. It's a bit like, you know, when you get Aquafresh toothpaste and mm. it comes with like the perfect, on the, on the packet, it has like the perfect squirt of it with the perfect lines all down the middle. You can't achieve that. You're just a man. Mm. <laughs> it's just sort of in a very small subtle under the radar way just sort of hammers home that 
life is never going to be perfect and like you can't do it right you know yeah. it's just like a little subversion just before you go to bed or like in the first thing in the yeah, morning yeah. with the toothpaste you don't recognize it but it's just chipping away at you isn't it i think actually that's just reminded me of something right when i was a kid yeah. um i was in um uh i was in some classroom i don't know and um this they were telling us about you know they teach you about like um going through puberty and all that sort of thing and looking after yourself how to wash so you don't all stink because you're going through puberty um and the teacher was like and when you put your toothpaste on just um use a pea-sized amount and this girl i won't say her name um she said i've been trying but it's too difficult and he was like what do you mean and she was like (laughs) i've been trying to do but you if you try and do a letter P with a toothpaste. And she'd actually been trying to achieve making a little P on the end of her... A, a letter P on the end of her toothpaste. Because that's what she thought you'd... I mean, now now I come to say it, I think maybe she had, like, quite deep-seated issues. Was, that's when she's not well, is she? That's amazing. <laughs> little side point. <laughs> OK, all right, so we've got your food choices. Uh, is there any more you want to add before we head on to a drink choice? Well, we've got trifle and we've got snack pots, so I'm just thinking mm. the absolute nadir is a trifle and a snack pot. Yes, of course, because they exist. They, they exist. Yeah, so next, I'm, I'm going to go for what I'm calling canteen salads. These mm. are salads that don't exist outside of a metal tray with a big ladle in it. So, for example... What they sometimes call Mexican three bean salad. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of beans. It's a lot of starch. Mysteriously, it's got no, no sauce whatsoever. It just comes in that sort of slime that the beans are in anyway. And then mm. it's maybe got chunks of red onion in there for some reason. And mm. sometimes little bits of red pepper, who is a hero of in the salad world, but has fallen from grace and found himself <laughs> in a Mexican three bean. It's... It's it's dry, it's somehow both flavourless and too flavoured of onion, and it does. No one in the world has ever made it apart from din ladies who are like, Marion, we're one short today. We need to pad it out. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> do a Mexican. Joan, it's all right. Do a Mexican free bean. No one notice. <laughs> and I think it's the kind of thing that people put on their salad plate because they're like, oh god, I should really have something that's vaguely healthy and this looks really punishing mm. so I'm just going to do it I'm going to bite the bullet and ironically biting the bullet is exactly what it feels like to eat one <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right like no, you never go to anyone's house it's just, it's just there isn't it and like, <laughs> we're it, having Mexican three bean salad tonight <laughs> the whole family rejoice yeah <laughs> yeah it's very weird isn't it and again it's one of those things where like all the all the constituent parts are fine, but put them together and it's 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 just a shit thing. Like whack a sauce on it. I'm sure also the idea that a Mexican would see this three bean salad, like I would just love to see that response. Like what I'm not gonna do in a Mexican accent. What the fuck do you think we are over there? We are we are masters of flavour. There are fucking herbs sprinkled on everything, and you're serving me this. What kind of Weak ass, 
British person nonsense are you presenting me with? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's got a real 70s vibe to it as well, like the trifle. It's sort of, you know, it's like a 70s idea of what was kind of a bit exotic. And it's like, it's exotic because there were three beans in there. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Not, not two, um, but three yeah, whole beans. Oh, man, I'm really struggling to sort of decide what I find more offensive, like a mini pot of trifle or a, or a, a three bean salad. I think I probably I'm going to go with the beans because I just feel like at least the trifle like at least it's kind of sweet and like I think the elements are there like that are enjoyable on their own but I think with a three bean salad even if you separate it it still won't be that pleasurable (laughs) just eating like the separate beans on their own so I think that would be the bleakest thing to be stuck with on a desert island I think get in the bin Right, I'm stuck with that. You know, and it's from a plane as well, you know, so it's like, and it's going to be really, oh, yeah, I think that's a bleak thing to be stuck with. Um, okay, and what, what would your drink choice be? I'm going to go with hot Ribena slash hot Vimto. Okay. It's just, it's yeah. so sad to me. Like, the plethora of hot drinks that you can enjoy, I just feel like you're warming up. This It's also sort of like a, this baby food. Like, you're, you're 35 Lynn, <laughs> 35, put down the hot Ribena. Get a glass of wine in your hand. Mm. Sure, it's 9am, I don't mm. care. Ribena on its own, fine. But you warm it up. To me, it's just like it becomes very medicinal. Yeah. And I think people sort of like that in a way that, you know, like people when they're ill enough to have a Lemsip, there's something comforting about the Lemsip, yeah, even yeah. though it, they're just drinking medicine, they sort of feel, find it comforting. And I feel like it, it's the same sort of, I think it's pressing the same buttons, you know, having a, a warm Ribena. Yeah, it is. It's this sort of, I often say to my boyfriend that I, I take the piss out of him for saying he like, the, the food stuff that he enjoys are like soft and unchallenging and he really dislikes me saying this is good well but i have a problem with that whole soft and unchallenging vibe of like foods and drinks that are um that are making us feel like we're children again i just think fucking grow up yeah <laughs> okay well i think that's a, a good drink choice and something to be stuck on a desert island with only drinking hot ribena is just Water it's just horrendous. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've got we've got your uh, your nutritional uh, needs um, sorted on the island. So we'll move on now, Ryan. Because fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck. It only has two working settings. One is your least favorite film of all time, and the other is your least favorite song. What are they, and why? Okay. Well, I know I know song. <laughs> My least favorite song that is going to be playing ad nauseum in the background of this island is It's got to be perfect. Right. I fucking hate it. It's too... <laughs> it's synthetically jolly. But nothing mm. is that happy. And I will only appreciate a song if it's got some bittersweet twinge of sadness in the background. <laughs> says a lot about my character. God, I'm a rancid old prick. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Miserable old cunt. Um, I hate the song. It's too jolly. In that sort of 80s fucking footloose jumping around sort of thing that no one buys into anymore. Um, Mm. But more specifically, it's not got to be perfect. Your values are out of whack. Nothing's (laughs) perfect. And you're on on to a a bum steer if you think it's going to be. It also, I think what it's talking about is some sort of relationship judgment. And I would say to that, You've, you're on the wrong track very much so you're not going to find what you're looking for I'm sorry romance will never be yours mm. 
Yeah. It's one of those songs that I've sort of gone on about this in the past, in this podcast. You know, certain songs, you might have seen them on an advert or as a theme tune to something. And yeah. it's bewildering that they were actually meant as songs in their own right before yeah, they were yeah. used in an advert. Like yeah. that to me, it's like someone's written it, gone into a recording studio, someone's greenlit it, put it out. It's been in the charts. Like, does anyone, who's it by? I've no idea who it's by at all. I don't care to find out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I don't think anybody knows who it's by. It's weird to think that there are people it's just... who get back from work of an evening, or maybe they're in their car, and they think, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put on It's Got To Be Perfect, and we're just going to have a <laughs> lovely ride home. I just think, <laughs> you, you've... No, absolutely not. Doesn't it... It's so synthetically mm. cheesy that does it not ring hollow with some deeper sadness in your being if you hear it? It makes, yeah. it is so happy as a song that it makes me feel sad. Yeah. I remember going on holiday with a friend of mine when I must have been about 10 or 11 years old and, and it was like quite a cheesy sort of resort in Menorca in the 90s and karaoke was going on and someone getting up and singing that and I feel like that is absolutely, it's, it's, it's home. Mm. You know, is in a sort of a 90s, cheesy 90s holiday resort with exclusively British people. I think karaoke yeah, is yeah. Uh, an art form in its own right. And it's not about singing good. Karaoke is about the choice of no, songs, no. right? The absolute baller move you can do on karaoke, I think, is you sing a song in the wrong style, right? Mm. Give me a jazz rendition, like a lounge singer's rendition of Boom 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 Let Me Hear Say Wayo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the kind of shit I'm I'm there for. I I think you you really show your true colours at a karaoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, to pick that song as well, it's just such a weird thing. So I mean, there are people out there who enjoy it as a song in its own right, which I find totally bizarre. But um, yeah, it's a good one. It's such a just such a mundane fucking song. Like it's. It's more offensive than something that's out there, like, assaults you with its, you know, like, if you pick something, like, abrasive and horrible, like, this is worse, the blandness. I mean, there's, there is a, a, a beautiful seam running through all your choices here, and there's a sort of, like, a mundane beigeness to all of it, which I think, you know, it's like, that very much is a three-bean salad of a song, isn't it? It is a three-bean salad of a song. It's just, like, in terms of, like, lyrical excellence that, that exists in the world... In songs, you just think you really went with this. Your statement that you're making about, about from your soul to the world is, it's got to be absolutely perfect, or I'm not bothered. It's like <laughs> it, it's just the mind boggles. Like if anything, <laughs> I want to make a, a sort of counter riposte to it. That's like it's definitely got to be imperfect. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not as catchy, granted, <laughs> but. Uh, I think I can run with it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a very good choice. A very good choice. Okay, and what would your what would your film choice be? A film that I hate. Now this is really difficult. It's fucking dirty dancing, man. <laughs> it's fucking dirty dancing. It's that mm. person again. It's the fucking trifle in a snap pot, three bean salad, <laughs> Harry and Meghan loving individual who who wax on dirty dancing at the end of an evening. I, I'd heard about Dirty Dancing for years because a certain type of person, and a, let's be honest, a certain type of woman often references it as their favourite film. And you mm. think, I've never seen this. It doesn't sound like my kind of thing, but I am intrigued because I need to know what it is you're all banging about. 
So a friend of mine sits me down to watch Dirty Dancing and it is worse than you've imagined. It is the lines ring hollow, the characterizations are flimsy, everyone is the wrong age for what they're playing. I mean, everyone is 15 years older than what they're saying that they are. The values are very strange. It's There's some really deep-seated misogyny floating around in there that we expect from a sort of 80s film, I suppose. And, yeah, and the music's crap. It's just like, I feel like, you know, in terms of um, rom-coms, like, it's not my genre at all, the rom-com. I mean, uh, or romantic movies, rather. But, like, you've got some great examples of it. Like, well, loads of Woody Allen films. I mean, the man's very questionable, but he churned out a few good ones. Um, you've got great sort of meet-cutes and, and interesting psychological dilemmas between people. Harry, when Harry met Sally, it's not my kind of thing, but it's like at least you can see this wrangling between a quite an awful man and this, like, slightly uptight woman. Um, but fuck me, Dirty Dancing. It's, and the songs are shite, man. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, I, I hadn't seen it for a long time and then watched it and was sort of, right, is this is this what... It feels like, you know, some things someone watched at a very formative age and then because of that, it, it means it's stuck with them forever. But then when they're older, they don't sort of then re-watch it and go, yeah, it hasn't actually aged that well. Or it was like, I liked it when I was 14, but now I don't, you know, but like... Yeah, it's it's pretty boring. I found like it's not that not that fun. You know, I'm sure there will be listeners screaming at this yeah. as well. But I feel like it's one of those that you're not allowed to criticise. But I think yeah. you know that's that's why it makes it even more fun to yeah. do. So. Yeah, I wish I had more specific reference points, but I haven't watched it in quite a while. And guess why? Because it's fucking awful. So <laughs> it's, it's a catch twenty two. Yeah, that one's yeah. getting in there yeah. on the island. Fair enough. It's just me watching that on yeah. loop until eventually I I come to actually yeah. quite love it. And then I start to think that I am baby and I can only reference lines from it to to yeah, Harry yeah. and Meghan and my RE teacher who are also there. <laughs> we all just become various characters in Dirty Dancing and live those out for the rest of our days on this hateful island. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, listen, we're, we're, we're almost towards the end of you picking awful things for your island. You've been doing a fantastic job. But finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? Oh, God, this is really hard because I don't... I don't hate on animals because I think they haven't done shit to nobody. Like, they are... I just... Gotta look after those guys, you know? Uh, to the point where... I I have <laughs> I so I here is an example of me when I was dweeby teenage Ryan. So I would say I'm about thirteen, right? And we go on a Spanish exchange trip to a group. The class goes to Spain, and then afterwards, all the Spanish kids are coming with us. So we're in Spain with these Spanish kids. And we're at one point doing ball games in the field. Obviously, I'm sat off to the side because um, I don't fuck with that kind of thing. It's not good. Can't catch. <laughs> so I'm off the side. And I notice I hear this sound of like a doof and then a <clears throat> this. And um, two of the Spanish kids are playing spot, you know, like kicking a ball and then bouncing it mm. and kicking a ball and then bouncing it against an actual living horse, right? <laughs> and so... I, and you've got to remember that I look like a regional bank manager at this point. So I march over, all full of myself, and I'm like, uh, hola, amigos, no es muy bien, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> Trying my best to Spanish. 
No. And um, I'm trying to like dismantle this situation when the fucking horse I'm trying to stick up for swings around its head and bites me on my tit, like really hard on my fleshy tit. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was quite chunky at that point. And draws blood, right? So I lift up my T-shirt and I've got like a huge sort of love bite around my nipple, um, like a purple bruise. And it's drawn blood in places. So then I go to my Spanish teacher, Dr. Ingram. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Ingram, <laughs> listening. Can't imagine that being gay, but you never know. And um, he's like, oh, well, uh, we're gonna have to take you to get a tetanus jab now. And oh God, what does this entail? So we go to like a Spanish medic somewhere that he drives me to, away from whatever fun we're supposed to be having. And he, has to supervise it, because obviously I'm minor, and he has to supervise while this Spanish doctor gets me to bend over a table, pull down my pants, and inject me in the bomb. And to have your Spanish teacher, Dr. Ingham, watching you getting injected in the bomb as you're bent over a table is just more traumatic than I'd ever have thought was gonna happen from <laughs> intervening with some horse bullying. <laughs> Oh man, I feel like there are these tiny little insights into your teenage life yeah. and it's heartbreaking and wonderful in equal measure. <laughs> like, I wonder if, you know when you're trying to diffuse a situation and, and the person who you think is the victim then turns around and goes, oi, fuck off mate, and you're like, oh right, it's like that, and like, the horse has done the that to you. The horse has done that to me, but in, obviously in Spanish accent, um, <laughs> yeah, fuck off. English guy, I've got this covered. Having the ball kicked against it was some kind of equine massage that they do in Spain <laughs> really that you didn't know about, it. and you just interrupted its treatment or something. Yeah. So yeah. So animals, I'm not great with in terms of hating on them. So what? Do but what about it? if the island's overrun by that horse? Like horses <laughs> that like that. <laughs> <laughs> the island. Because <laughs> <laughs> my only animal friend is the most hateful horse in all of southern Europe <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, he, and he's always there and every now and again you think maybe our relationship's thawed a bit and, and I can try and be friends with you and he just yeah. bites you on the tips yeah because I've been keeping him alive feeding him these snap pots of trifle for however many weeks now I've been keeping him alive feeding three bin, <laughs> feeding him three bean salad and yet every time I go over to it boom bites me in the tip <laughs> oh god <laughs> I mean, that, that seems fit. I mean, you're welcome to pick a different animal. No, that it one's he's like going staring in. staring us in the face. Though. He's going on. Fucking Juan the horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. Ryan, you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and hearing you create this island of, of, of horrendous people and things. I think your choices have been superb. And, um, and, I've, and I've enjoyed doing the workings out as well. So thank you so much. I feel like I need to have a little lie down. That's really kicked it out of me. All that vitriol. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, you're a busy man. You said you're, you're filming um, Brassic at the minute, and uh, a new a new uh, plebs has just come out as yeah, well as we record it has. this. There's a lovely plebs movie that's on uh, what's it ITVX on the new ITV app, and uh, it's great. It's great. I'd like everyone to watch it because it made me and Tom Rosenthal cry at the end because we were so filled with fun memories of working together. Yes, and um, and uh, filming Brassic Series 5 at the moment, which will, I don't know, no doubt, make it to people's TV screens at some point in the future. Who knows? Lovely. Brilliant. Well, we should watch out for those. But, um, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been such a pleasure. Cheers, dude. Thanks a lot. Later.
So there you go. That was Desert Island Dicks with Ryan Sampson. Thanks to him for joining me and coming on the podcast. We'll be back again very soon with a compact Dicks. So remember to get your submissions in at dickspod.com slash contact. And we'll also return with a new guest next week as well. In the meantime, I'll just say that Desert Island Dicks is a sync clap production dreamed up and produced by James Deacon, produced and presented by me, Dan Benedictus, and with the unwavering support as ever from our historian and James's dad, John Deacon. But not the John Deacon from Queen, though. The John Deacon from Queen gives us no support at all. Anyway, thanks for listening. And if you've made it this far, please do subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast because it's really helpful for us. And we will be back next week. Bye. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.